y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Katie Talks Trash. I'm Katie and I love to talk about the trashy and escapism reality TV that I consume on a weekly basis over a glass of wine. Tonight we are taking on episode two of Claire's season of The Bachelorette and it's a lot. And I'm uncomfortable. Not just for the content of the episode, but also because I'm recording this in a recliner in a dark room with my sleeping son in my mother's house. We're going to Disney World at 5 a.m. tomorrow. It's currently 10.30 p.m. Um, we're leaving at 5 a.m. tomorrow, and I had to watch this episode, and I had to get this episode recorded, so um, it's going to be a little quiet, but right now I kind of feel like when I used to call my boyfriend after she went to sleep in high school, and I wasn't supposed to be talking on the phone, um, so I'm having to be very quiet because everybody's asleep. So we're going to get into this episode because I also need to go to bed because I now have you know, six hours to get some sleep before we go to Disney World. Okay, so this episode, it's a lot. This episode is a lot. I was very uncomfortable for most of this episode. It was just weird to me. A lot of it was just weird. Okay, so we open up on Claire floating in the pool, like Elle Woods, illegally blonde. It was just an, a weird opening shot. The fellows come in the room. Um, Bennett, bless him, in his robe and glasses. He's living up to his brand. I think I'm going to like Bennett. So all the guys are in there, and they get the first date card. First date is Riley, Jordan, Yosef, Ivan, Ben, Bennett, Zach C, Zach J, and Dale. Claire says she wants a guy who speaks to her heart. Um, they all go to the state. Dale picks her up when he sees her, and I'm starting to wonder, is this editing, or is this truly an unfair competition? Like, does she really put in that much effort with Dale more than she does the other people, or is this just editing, you know? So the group take concept is they're going to talk about love languages, which if you don't know your love languages, they're words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gifts, and something else. I can't remember. There are five. I can't remember. But the first one that they're going to do is words of affirmation. Ben opens it up, the army ranger. He gives a nice speech. He seems like a nice guy. They don't give us chirons. Wow. Which are the, the lower thirds that tell us who everybody is while they're speaking. So I don't know who some of these men are while they are giving their speeches. And Claire is up in a window like Juliet, and they are standing down on the floor declaring these words of love to her. It's just ridiculous. But, like, get it together, ABC. This is lazy editing. Give us Chiron so we know who these people are. And then Dale comes up, and her face, while this man is talking, she is looking at him like he is Jesus Christ. And He's not even really saying anything. He talks about how he didn't know how to find love and he's just going to stay true to himself. She is looking at him like he is the Messiah who has come to save her from all these horrible men in her life. And it is like this the whole episode. It looks like this. She stares at him like he is shooting moonbeams out of his fingertips. It's weird. So then the second 
love languages, gifts. And they send them all running out of the room to go get a gift from their individual rooms to bring back to Claire. Bennett, Bennett is not running. Bennett is used to yachts taking him places in his BMW. He's not used to running. Um, I really do. I think I'm starting to like him. He plays his character very well. So some of the gifts that people bring are a chess piece and a special baseball, a favorite t-shirt, a book. Dale brings perfume for her puppies. The next love language is physical touch and she blindfolds them and they just stand there and touch each other, which made me very uncomfortable. So it's a good thing that What's-His-Face from last week who mangled her hands in introductions is not on this date. Um, Riley, like, kisses her hand all the way up to her neck. It's just the whole thing is, they're all standing there watching this happen, and it's weird to me. It's slightly voyeuristic. It's like the movie Eyes Wide Shut. It just, it's weird. I wouldn't want to stand there and watch um, two people rub on each other like they did. I don't know. Like, maybe they should have done that behind a closed door. I, I don't know. So then we move on to the love language of quality time, which is going to be the after party. Uh, she shows up. She's in this, like, blue mini dress. I'm not a fan of her wardrobe. I'm just not a fan of her wardrobe. I think she could be styled better. I loved Hannah B's wardrobe. That was fantastic. This particular wardrobe is not great. I'm not a big fan. Anyways, so they sit down. She makes a toast. And they're all just kind of sitting around talking, and there's an awkward silence, and no one is pulling her aside. There's no typical bachelor, like, Claire, let me steal you away for a moment, right? But this, like, really rubs Claire the wrong way. So she grabs Bennett, and they go off to the side, and he's talking, and he's trying to engage with her, and she cannot focus on Bennett because she is so upset that none of these guys jumped up to pull her aside. She is so upset. But, Claire, you are the lead. You control all of this situation. If you want to talk to somebody, talk to them. But she is so upset. She keeps going, well, maybe they don't want to talk to me. Do they not want to hang out with me? And then it's like, I don't know. They've never been on the show. They don't know what to do. But this whole... This whole thing, she goes back to the boys and pitches a fit, basically, about how none of them got up to talk to her. This is crazy girlfriend stuff. This is that fight with your boyfriend that he has no idea is coming. He has no clue why you're actually upset. And he's just sitting there staring at you and you are flipping out, Right? Multiple dudes try to pull her aside during this tirade that she has, and she pushes them all away. But she is so upset that none of them made the first move. I don't know. This is just, I don't like it. I don't. Dale rescues her from this situation, which is all she really wanted anyways. That's all she really wanted was for Dale to rescue her. They make Yosef our villain in the conversations that the boys are having while she's talking to Dale. Um, he does not, he's not digging Claire. He's not digging Claire at all. 
And then we go to Dale and Claire who are off on the side. And they're having conversations. And I don't even know what they're saying because I'm so uncomfortable watching their conversation because she has the Jesus Christ look on her face again. And she's like biting her lip. She's staring. She's very intently listening to him. And it's just, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I am uncomfy watching her the whole time she talks to him. I'm glad we don't see much more of Dale for the rest of the episode. He comes back at the end, but we kind of forget about Dale for the rest of the episode, which is good. Uh, we break in the conversation with Dale to find out that the one-on-one is going to Jason with the accent, who we love from last week. Blake Moynes is devastated that he is not getting this date card. So she moves on from Dale. We go back to the group date. She moves on from Dale, and she talks to Zach C., who has good conversation. She's a bit intense when she talks, and I think that's just her, but I don't care to talk to people like that. Riley dances with her. It's a cute move. They kiss. He seems like he's a really nice guy. The date rose goes to Riley, which is good. I'm glad she didn't give it to Dale, even though he's going to get the first rose in the first ceremony. We all know that. Yosef says that he thinks Claire's immature and not acting as he expected. And honestly, same. Same. She's got typical insecure girl behavior with the whole tirade about, well, you didn't pull me aside. Like, that's typical insecure girl behavior. Why do I know this? Because I am a typical insecure girl. I would have this same fight, too. But, like, it's totally unnecessary. But it's really just calling out her own insecurities about the fact that nobody wants to love her. That's all that really was. She feels insecure because she feels like she has never been loved. And when the guys did not hop off the couch for her, she felt like nobody loved her and nobody wanted her. And so she flipped out. Yosef is not wrong. Is he wrong in his delivery? Yes, but he's not wrong. Okay. So then we go on to Jason with the one-on-one. And before the date, on the date card, she asks him to write a letter to his younger self prior to their date because she wants to go deep in conversation with him. Jason is nervous because he doesn't like to show the deeper side of him. And honestly, as this date goes on, the stuff that they do is like, I don't know, fourth or fifth date stuff. This is not first date. This is therapy. This is couples therapy. It's really intense. So she says she picks him. Um, they're sitting by this like campfire at this resort. And she tells Jason she picks him because he has a lot of energy. So basically she wants to strip away all that energy by making him so uncomfortable by talking about his feelings in their, basically their second conversation. And she says there's healing and sharing and that she has some of the same tendencies he does. He makes, she makes a lot of jokes and has, um, you know, some self-deprecating humor as an armor or a shield for her actual feelings and that she feels like he's the same way and he agrees. And that's all good and well. Like, that's normal. Um, but this is not first date conversation, okay? She is, there is healing and sharing, but not if you're not ready. This man is not ready to do this. He does not want to have this conversation. He is terrified. He's a good sport, but he does not want to do this. 
he does not want to have these conversations. So they stand up and they scream to get rid of the nerves, which is great. I often do this, mostly into my towel because I'm frustrated about my life, but I also scream to let out my nerves. Then they pick up these clay tablets. They write down things that make them feel bad about themselves or things people have said about them in relationships in the past and clears or things like she's needy and hard to love and Jason's or that he's manipulative and cold and mean. <sighs> And they dash these stone tablets on the rocks like Moses, smashes the Ten Commandments. And now, suddenly, they don't believe that they are manipulative and needy anymore. They are healed. It's amazing. So easy. Why haven't we all tried this? And now they're going to read their letters that they wrote. Claire immediately begins to cry as she reads her letter, which really sounds more like an Instagram caption that you would write um, on your birthday. And Jason, I just want to hug him. He's got some demons. He brings up some family issues about his parents. And I just want to hug him. Jason has seen some stuff, okay? He just needs a hug. And this is all good conversation, and it's necessary conversation, but it's a lot. It's a lot of conversation to have with someone that you literally do not know. They don't know each other. She doesn't even know what his favorite color is, and she's asking him to explain his childhood trauma. She doesn't even know if he has a dog, or like, if he lives in an apartment or a house. And she's like, tell me all your deepest demons. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And she's so intense when she speaks, almost as if it's not genuine. Which is probably a horrible thing to say out loud now that I'm saying it out loud, but almost to where it's not genuine, um, that it feels kind of like an act. Um, but Jason, I love him. He does get a date rose, but can you imagine if she had put him through all of that and not given him a date rose? Like, holy cow, how awful would that be? They do kiss. Jason is sold. Jason is in love with Claire. Claire is not sold. Um, she's going through the motions. I think she likes him, but like, it is clear in the back of her mind she is comparing everyone to Dale and will compare everyone to Dale through the rest until she leaves with Dale. So then, in this final act of breaking chains and confronting the past, she pulls out the finale dress that she wore on Juan Pablo's season. And they throw it in the fire as a way to burn the past. What in the actual? What in the actual? I would never do this in a new relationship. This is weird. This is weird. At what? When would this be normal in a regular relationship? You break up with someone you get in a new relationship, and with this new relationship, you burn pieces of your old relationship with him? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird, right? Give me feedback on that, right? It's weird. It's super weird. So, Jason, I love him, but the date is over, and now we're going to move on to group date two, which is includes, I couldn't get everybody, I couldn't figure it out, Brandon, 
Easy, Blake Moines, Kenny the Boy Band Manager, and Garen, Damar, Jay, and they're going to play dodgeball. And Easy, listen, I just want to watch a whole episode about Easy. That's it. I just want to see a whole episode about Easy. And she says a very famous bachelor line. She wants a man who will fight for her. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think anybody actually knows what that means. The winning team, she says, is going to get the after party. The losing team is going to get the walk of shame back home, which is unfair, honestly. Here, play a sport and the loser doesn't get to spend any time with me. That's just some bullcrap. But surprise, it's strip dodgeball, which sounds very dangerous to me. I feel like you should be protected in dodgeball. There are so many ball puns, and there's so much male objectifying. <sighs> so this is where the feminist comes out of me, right? If the roles were reversed, they would not do this. They would not be playing strip anything. And I understand on Peter's season, they did the, the pillow fight thing, which I also was uncomfortable because I think that is so ridiculous. You should not have to take your clothes off on national television to prove that you love somebody. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. But it's just objectifying to me. I don't want to be objectified, and I don't want to objectify anybody else. But, you know, I'm not on national television. I don't produce one of the most successful TV shows of all time, so who am I to say, you know? So, Team Blue Balls, that is real loses and Blake Moines is pissed. He refuses to take his hands off his twig and berries as he goes back to the room with the guys for the first group date. He gets up and he leaves the room. He's angry. He's very angry. So the red team wins and they go to the group date after party. Easy grabs clear first almost immediately. Thank goodness. We don't have to sit through that charade again. Maybe they gave everybody the heads up like yo and when you sit down at the after party, somebody needs to grab her immediately or she's going to flip out on you. Easy gives her a foot rub. I'm super jealous. Then we move on to Chasen. She gives him the Michael Scott. Why are you the way that you are? He gives her the most awkward kiss. It's just weird looking. Of course, he's like, I see fireworks. No, I don't think you do. Then we flash forward to Blake, who's still sulking in his room about walking home naked and he's getting dressed. And so obviously we know what's about to happen. He's sneaking out, and he's going to crash the cocktail party. It feels a little Luke P. energy. I hope I'm wrong, because I love him. But it feels a little Luke P. He interrupts her conversation with Jay, who says, Didn't you lose? But she lets him. She lets him interrupt the conversation, which, again, Claire, you're the lead. You control this. Jay leaves, she and Blake sit down, the boys are pissed, and they are going to interrupt their conversation. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I think it's disrespectful that when somebody is, you're giving someone your time and someone comes to interrupt you, that you don't close out the original conversation properly. I think it's rude. There's nothing wrong with saying to Blake, thank you for showing up. I will... I'm going to finish this conversation with Jay, and then, and then I'm going to come talk to you. Can you go away over there? There's nothing wrong with saying that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying that. So, Claire sends Blake away from the conversation. She tells him that she's glad he, he came, but she needs to go give her time to the guys that did win. 
She sends him away, and he goes in for a kiss, and she pushes off of him like offensive pass interference. Pushes off of Blake and tells him no, and he goes home with his tail between his legs, so dejected. It is awful. It is yet another moment on this television show that I am uncomfortable. It's awful. So as she's coming back from that, Brandon meets her in the hallway. Brandon, I've never seen this man in my life. I don't remember him. I don't remember a single thing about him. I, I don't know where he comes from. He, oh, this is horribly uncomfortable, this, this exchange here. He says that when he found out she was the bachelorette, she, he signed up, he knew he had to be on the show. But then he almost immediately, she asked him, why is that? Why, why me? And he said, well, I really don't know a lot about you. And the look on her face is like, what? And he says, I mean, I know you live in Sacramento. <laughs> and you're beautiful. And she was like, okay. He was like, but I mean, I don't know you personally. And she was like, nobody here does. But there's reasons that people get on the show. Give me some of those reasons. And he cannot, he cannot come up with any reason. <laughs> he cannot hold a conversation. He should just see himself out at this point. It is awful. She is done with him. She is in a tailspin about this conversation. So she basically just sends him home on the spot. She's like, he says he feels moments between them and he knows she feels them too. And she's like, no, I don't. And this is over. Have a good night. And she puts him in the, in the car and he drives away. But honestly, I can't say that I blame her. Like, I would probably do the same thing. That man, there was no future there. <laughs> so she goes back and tells the other guys, hey, yo, I basically kicked this guy out. <laughs> she gives the first rate do uh, rose to, first date rose to Jason. Easy has a memeable face when this happens. He is not happy that Jason has gotten this rose. Then we go to a commercial break and we come back because they're going to go get ready for the cocktail party now. And the guys are all kind of sitting around talking. And Yosef, the villain, says he would have said something to clear about the dodgeball game, that he would not have taken off his clothes. He feels it's objectifying. He has a daughter at home that he needs to protect. He thinks it's classless are the words that he uses. He says he sees red flags with Claire, and he has a bad taste in his mouth of her now. And all I want to say is, then go home. Go home, Yosef. Nobody cares if you're here or not. If you don't want to be here, go home. You don't have to stay through this cocktail party. Like, let Claire, you know, make this decision easy for her and just go home. But he doesn't. He gets dressed for the cocktail party. So we get to the cocktail party. And Claire, this, I actually like this dress on Claire. It's this sparkly lavender gown. The earrings match. It's the first time I've actually liked her wardrobe. Um, she makes the opening toast. Someone, I don't know who it was. Again, we don't know. Goes in for the kill, but she pulls Blake Loins first. And he is like nervous sweating about how he is scared she's going to send him home for interrupting the, the group date party. But she tells him instead that she loves that he busted up the after party on the day before. And she goes ahead and she gives him a rose. And I just have to say, this is such a trend on Bachelor shows. They reward 
this behavior. Bad behavior is rewarded on this show. They see disrespectful, bad behavior, insecure behavior as fighting for the lead and for the relationship. When really it's just attention-seeking behavior. They never reward the nice, respectful guy over in the corner who waits his turn, treats her with respect, doesn't treat the other people in the house with disrespect. They reward this kind of behavior, which is why it perpetuates. And honestly, it's kind of toxic because this is just not how regular relationships work. It, it's not. It's not how regular relationships work. So he goes back into the room where all the guys are with the rose pinned to him. And he's trying to, like, act casual. <laughs> and he has this rose pinned to him. And the room is silent. And they're all watching him walk in. And someone sees that he has the rose. And somebody says, uh, you got something on your shirt there, buddy. And he's like, yeah. I mean, it made me feel good. <laughs> they are angry that he has this rose already so easy declares every man for himself at this point he was like listen if you're gonna get a rose for acting like that there are no more rules there are no more rules don't be mad if i bust in on your conversation at a later date so then dale pulls her aside and ugh, dale is back and honestly in these conversations with Dale, it is just very evident that Claire just wants somebody to love her. She just wants somebody to love her. And Dale is the closest thing she's got right now. And I think she's just infatuated by that. She's infatuated by that. She feels these really strong feelings for him that honestly I think are more less than love. And she just wants somebody to love her so desperately. She wants to be married so desperately that she's going all in. She's going all in on Dale. She puts the blindfold back on him from earlier when they did the quality, not the quality time, the physical touch, love language, and they make out for a little bit. And just clear, leave with Dale already. Just leave with him. Like, let's just get it over with. The episode's over at this point. We don't get a cocktail. We don't get a rose ceremony this episode. Um, but she's wearing the dress that she yells at the person in the shadows. And I figured it out. It's Yosef. So clearly it's Yosef after this episode. And so that's in the trailer. Um, the guys are all noticing that she's giving a lot of attention to Dale that they're not getting. I'm sorry for my also stuffy nose. When I'm tired, I get a stuffy nose, which is terrible. So in the trailer, they also, they're starting to notice the Dale thing. So that'll be interesting next week. They do a funny credit section where we get a tour of Chateau Benet, which is Bennett's room. I'm really starting to love him. He's playing his part. He has green juice. He has multiple pairs of shoes. He has sheet masks. <laughs> he's in this robe um, with possibly a cocktail and he has glasses on. And I, and I do. I, I think I love Bennett and I think he's funny and I think he may have a little future in on Bachelor in Paradise. He's definitely not a Bachelor candidate, but he's got Bachelor in Paradise for written all over him. So, that's it for this episode. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with Yosef in his statements about how this is all very immature and um, he sees some red flags. I don't disagree with him. I think that he's got 
his delivery a little upset, is wrong, you know. But I don't disagree. So, we'll see what happens next week. But now, I'm going to get some sleep because I have to be up in five hours to go to Disney World tomorrow. But, um, yeah, make sure that you are following uh, me on Instagram at katietalkstrush and that you're subscribing wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We're now available on all major podcast platforms, which is super exciting for me. So find Katie Talks Trash wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers!